Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Beauty, Strength, and Dominance, the official LFC Lingerie Fighting Championships podcast. My name is Mike Larkin, and joining me today is LFC Judge, MMA fighter. You guys will see him at LFC 36 Booty Camp 4, live Friday, May 13th on LFCfights.com. Get your tickets event bright. It's the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, Mr. Mike the Truth Jackson. Mike, how you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, you're very welcome. First and foremost, this is a big coup, and this is a big get for LFC. You're an amazing talent, an amazing fighter. I'm really excited to see you come Friday as I will be ring announcing the show. It's going to be an amazing event. Very nice, man. I mean, you know, for me, uh, this is our first uh, laundry fighting event, and I'm, I'm excited to be there in attendance. Now, I'm going to say first and foremost here, Mike, we have something that's a great product here. LFC, a little bit of MMA, a little bit of wrestling, and a little bit of clothing. How apropos. So I'm quite curious, my friend, how did you kind of gravitate towards and find out about the LFC that is Lingerie Fighting Championships? I mean, first and foremost, I'm a fan of women, you know, and everything that they're doing. Uh, I love beautiful women. And uh, I'm, I think it's something, you know, being a fighter myself and kind of like the crossover with the people I follow on Twitter. I want to say that the LFC brand uh, crossed my timeline. I was, you know, I was intrigued, you know, two things. I love women in fighting. You put them together and, and who doesn't want to see it, you know, and then you add in the, the lingerie element to it. Uh, I think uh, it, it's going to be a great time. I think you can equate this with me, Mike, because here's the thing about it. Now, mind you, it's a plus of what I get to do, the beautiful women, right? But what I love about it, too, is, you know, it's kind of like almost like a lost art. You know, the old saying, sex sells, which is very apropos in business and a lot of things when it comes to females and the overall abilities that they have internally and externally. But it's almost like kind of like an lost art where it's like, oh, my God, we can't be sexy. We have to focus more on the action. Well, that's great, but it's like you have to have like a nice mixture and variety. Sex appeal is everything. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I think uh, that's still still an important uh, facet of, of life uh, is appreciating the, the beauty of women. You know, I, I think on the flip side, you're going to have women who uh, appreciate the beauty of men. You know, I, 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 I can tell from firsthand from from the objectification sometimes. But hey, me, I, I you know, I'm cool with it. It doesn't really bother me. Uh, so I think it's just, you know, what we have right now. And I don't I mean, I lost art. Sure. Um, but not not as lost as, as you may think. Hear that, and I mean, I look at it from a stance too. Now, like you have Shannon Apps promotion in Victor. We've seen Ronda Rousey and amazing women do their thing in UFC. It's so great just to see, and kind of what we've always known since the beginning of time with the revolution evolution of women's and combat sports and overall fighting in general. Man, it's nice to see that mix and just women getting their flowers and really showcasing their talents that we see in 2022. Oh, 100%. I mean, and, and make no mistake about it, like you have some women out here who, who are gorgeous women, and, and a lot of times people will always say, it's like, yo, you're too pretty to fight. Uh, that's something I, I've never subscribed to. Um, I want to see a gorgeous killer. You know, I don't, I, you know, she can be, you know, a beautiful woman, but if she can't fight, you know, that's cool. Uh, I mean, it's, it's all right, but for me, what, what, what most, uh, what I'm most attracted to is uh is a woman who is is gorgeous it there because there's i guess this thing where people talking you know, if you, you there's like a a, 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 a a skew to the scale for for women uh, who fight particularly um you know but for me i, I want to see someone who's just naturally beautiful but also has the skill sets to be a world champion and and also uh, you know a killer you know is really what it is 
Um, so that's really what I'm about. Like I'm not I'm not about the oh you're too pretty to be a fighter. I, I don't I don't subscribe to that. Um, so yeah, man, I, I'm just really I'm look, really look forward to 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 seeing what was going on with the Andre fighting. I always equate it to when you look at a brand like LFC, I'll use another term that has lingerie in it. You look at the lingerie football league, right? Such a huge platform where it's beautiful women playing football, but looking good while doing it. I always equated it to that because I think we were talking about the sex appeal side of things, but it's like, who does not want to see that? I remember coming home from high school, bam, put on MTV2, there's an LFL game. It's something that really appeals. (laughs) Ah, LFA or MTV2, that's funny. Man, I was, man, that's, that's, I guess I remember when that came about, but I was definitely always the, the, MTV original guy back in the day. Same, man. Like, I coming from the days of in the 90s when you had your Sarah karaoke's and TRLs and you're singled out and all these shows and the OG right. TV before everything became reality-based, right? Oh, for sure, for sure. Now, speaking of reality-based, LFC provides LFC Exposed. It provides this podcast. It provides a lot of variety. Now, for you, I'm quite curious with you, man, because the main event of this show, Apropo, is for the booty camp chain, the blingage that is worn by none other than Jetty Bloody Valentine against Jolene the Valkyrie Hex. What a main event that is, man, just for all the gold to see Jenny put up that title and two beautiful women really encompassing that class with Jolene Hex and Jenny Bloody Valentine. Oh, most definitely. Uh, I don't know much about the, the women. Um, but one thing I guess that did st- or does stand out to me is the, the height difference. Um, you know, you have two uh, bantam weights, essentially, 135ers, and uh, same weight, you know, but the height discrepancy, you know. So I'm really intrigued to, to see how they handle that. I think what's also great about the product is we have a lot of alumni that have gone on to, you know, WWE, Impact Wrestling, who have a little ton of MMA and so many great different genres and art forms that they are. But for you, I got to say what's very cool about it is, and I wanted to ask you, because from the times in the 90s of the MMAs with the Ken Shamrocks, the Dan the Beast Severance, the Tank Abbots, like we mentioned, Ronda Rousey, and so many people intertwining much with Brock Lesnar and everything coinciding with MMA in the pro wrestling world. What do you think about the relationships that we've seen over the years from MMA stars going into professional wrestling and vice versa, so to speak? And then we'll get to your bout with CM Punk here. But what do you always think about like those overall intertwining of the worlds and worlds kind of coming together and colliding, so to speak? I think it's always going to happen because you're always going to have uh, you're always going to have crossover talents. I mean, myself included, someone who is not just a you know one dimensional being like in fighting. You're going to have athletes who are fighters. They're going to be entertainers. They're going to be bloggers. They're going to be all these other facets in life. So to have a crossover between you know essentially combat sports, you know, it, it, some people are going to describe. Uh, or categorize pro wrestling as combat sports, uh, which is, I mean, if I'm being honest, I feel it's, uh, it's, it's more dangerous. I think there's more, uh, I don't want to say skills necessarily, but it's a different kind of skill. And it's a skill that it's not something that you're going to learn like in a fighter's gym. You, you're going to really have to dedicate time and practice and training uh, to these other movesets. Um, but with that, you're going to have athletes who are going to be able to cross over and, and make a seamless transition both ways. Um, so it really, it, it makes sense. I mean, in the earlier days you had, I mean, which kind of got me into the early MMA days when you had Ken Shamrock crossing over in the WWF. You know, for me, I was a pro wrestling fan uh, and a boxing fan first. And then I kind of got introduced from through the Ken Shamrock days uh, and WWF, and as well as like you know, being introduced from videos, um, but that was really a lot of the early 
uh, introductions, you know, into fighting for me. And it was a crossover thing, you know. So it only makes sense that you have athletes who are going to cross over, um, who are going to have relationships, you know, behind the scenes, uh, you know, athletes and talent, things like that. It, it only makes sense. I'm like you with this because I agree. I remember back in the day sitting on my grandfather's knee watching Tyson and Lennox Lewis because my grandfather was a big boxing fan. And I just loved like those memories and seeing such great fights. And like you with professional wrestling, seeing the transition and all that. But one thing that I've always thought was so cool is we get to see that, you know, that transition, that transmogrifying. But God dang, man, when you have someone like Brock Lesnar coming in doing his thing, and then there was some on the level, which we'll get to your bound here now. Man, CM Punk, like being, being a professional wrestling fan, I've followed his professional wrestling career. Now he's in AEW off of the seven-year absence from professional wrestling. You had the chance to fight him. There was a lot of stuff that did go down. I saw the fight. First of all, I'm going to say right now, I'm going to use the term here, Mr. Mike Jackson. You mollywopped him. You did because it was. I watched the fight. It was good stuff. I was curious, and you piqued my interest, and I thought you did a hell of a job. But there was some criticism coming out of it. Dana White called you an idiot. There was a lot of hoopla, if you will, and there was a lot of overturned decisions. So let me take you back to that time when it comes to that bout with CM Punk. What happened here for those who are unaware of the situation? I mean, you had you really had a guy who uh, take nothing from him. He, he's tough. You know, he comes from the pro wrestling world where, you know, you have to grind and make it to the top. But there's a difference between that and actual, you know, unscripted fighting. And he simply just wasn't he, he, he wasn't prepared for, you know, for myself, for Mickey Gall or, or what lied ahead of him simply because he just he, he didn't have the ability. So. You know, during the fight, for me, uh, it I realized like he couldn't fight at that level, and I just me being who I am, I'm actually like as a genuinely nice person. Uh, I can't go and hurt people like that. Um, I, I, I mean, even then, like he wasn't. It, it wasn't like he was coming into the UFC to work his way up the rankings and be a champion or anything like that. He was just doing it just to do it, which is fine. But again, you have there, there's levels to this. He was not like he got there based off of his name and brand, which I completely understand, you know. So also with him calling me a can in, a, in an ESPN interview, and uh, I took that personal. And, and given that again, like the guy isn't like a fighter, you know, and. I had to go out there and again, I didn't want to hurt him to the point where, you know, now he's not, you know, he's, he's with AEW. He was doing some MMA commentary for a little bit. You know, I didn't want to hurt him to the point where he would be unable to do those things. Uh, but I also had a job to do. And, and, and that was to, to show him that he wasn't cut out for it. And I, and I had to show him decisively. I couldn't let there be any questions. And that's why you got the 3026s on the scorecard. And that's also why he went to the emergency room. And all of this was what was because I wasn't I wasn't even in a fight mode. I was in sparring mode. You know, I was in kind of training mode while I was in there because for me, um, like there's a difference in, in intensity. And if I were in fight mode, I would have went out there and I could have hurt him. So to just to to go out there and do what I had to do, I kind of was a little bit more chill and laid back. You kind of stay in my styles and in my tactics. And uh, I just wanted to go out there and beat him up, you know, beat his ass and, and let him understand that, you know, this level isn't for him. 
And it's funny that you mentioned like the interviews and I saw that interview. My goodness gracious. That was the thing that always got me because he was really, he really trash talked the shit out of, excuse my language, but he trash talked the shit out of everybody that he was going into. And then we saw the result of said fights. Right. Funny. Because- but look, I, I get, look, I get it though. As a showman, yeah. as someone who is building up the hype for the fight, I completely understand what he was doing, you know, and I, I don't, and I, I don't, that's not what I have an issue about. Right. The issue I have is that in pro wrestling, you, can, you know, there's this agreement. You kind of go talk shit or whatever and cool. Um, but in real life, if you're going to cut a promo, it has to be an accurate promo. Right. Right. Or again, you have to own up to it. So he could have cut a promo and did his thing and not, you know, shit on me, right. you know, but right. he chose the tactic of shitting on me for whatever reason. And the reason is irrelevant. But because he chose that path, he had to own up to that. So when the opportunity came, it was like, yo, we're going to give CM Punk another shot. That's why I made it a point to do my job and to, to, to get that fight. And it was because I had to have, I, I, it was up to me to show him that, you know, he was wrong and, 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 and calling me a can. And uh, he had to back that up in a fist fight, you know, and we saw what happened. Absolutely. It's it's funny because my dad is the one who got me into sports, you know, just watching as well. That's one of the common relationships I have with my dad, like a lot of fathers and sons do. It's funny because when he first started doing that venture into the UFC and getting into mixed martial arts, my dad and I are just like, he, he's going to get killed. And I'm like, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you look at Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar's a brick shithouse, NCAA champion, did his thing in the UFC, definitely a Hall of Famer, right? Look at the size difference and just everything. Mind you, I like CM Punk, but as soon as I saw that, I'm like, mm-hmm. But I was curious, you know, like any fan, you're curious to see what other some of your favorites athletes, whatever, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. I, I completely understand. You know, and I understand. I understand the whole journey. Like, I, I don't, I don't fault him for, right. for one step. You know, that was just a process that he had. If that was what he chose to do, which again, he had, he had the time, he had the money, he had the energy to to dedicate to it. If that was a route he chose to do. Again, you know, there are these these other consequences that come for that, and he had to own up to that. And which I felt that he did. You know, he, he owned up to him, and uh, he he's he's still living a cool life. You know, doing his thing back in pro wrestling. So I can't fault him for the journey. You know, it was a it was a solid. I'm sure it was a it was a despite the two losses, um, I feel that it was still an amazing experience for him. It was something that he probably never envisioned. And it's something that so many people do envision and dream of and will never get the opportunity to do. So for him to even make that walk, not once, but twice against someone who is a trained fighter, you know, and this guy, he kind of was a jiu-jitsu player, pro wrestler who wanted to try out real, you know, unscripted fighting. I don't want to say real fighting, unscripted fighting. Um, I, I commend him for that, you know, because there are so many people who who are internet thugs, keyboard warriors who will talk shit about this guy um, and they will never amount to anything in life, you know? And so for this man to, who didn't, he didn't have to do that. Like, that's the other thing, like he, he, he didn't have to do that at all. He didn't have to, to get punched in the face by me. He didn't have to get strangled by Mickey Gall, um, but he understood the consequences. He's understood those were possibilities. And he owned up to that, you know, and so you have to respect him and commend him for his actions. And, you know, the other people who who, who talk down on him, like, you know, those are just shitty people who, you know, will never be nothing in life. That's how I always looked at it. I'm actually glad that you brought up that verbiage right there. It's because, like, you could commend somebody because MMA is not easy. It's not. 
commending someone for wanting to do it and attempt it and try it, I think is wonderful. And I always live by this quote, life is an art form and we'll all just apply on our crafts. You can equate what you do in your art form and your craft with your career. You equate it to life. You look at it as people who are just applying our crafts, right? hundred percent. And, you know, I'm an artist, you know, I, I say that, you know, um, whether it's fighting, whether it's photography, whether it's uh, being a media personality in front of a camera, all of it is art, you know, and uh, that that's simply how I look at it. And Mike, I got to say this about you, Mr. Artist. You're one of those guys, whether it be photography or the entrepreneurship that you show, you always have that charisma about you. You really know how to depict and decorum with yourself. So I got to give you much props and kudos and respect on that, my friend. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. And now here's the other side of the coin here, Mr. Mike the Truth Jackson. One of the other things that did happen with that I wanted to touch upon, Dana White did have some choice words afterwards, and then the decision got overturned for the old cannabis, the THC, if you will. Let's talk about when you finally found out about, before we even get to Dana White, how did you find out the fact that this decision gets overturned and everything? Take us back to that time period. Oh, I got like a call, like an email. I want to say it was an email from like the Illinois Commission. And uh, so I called them and talked to them about it, and they kind of explained the situation. I was like, oh, well, this is a bunch of bullshit, but you know, uh, it is what it is for me being, you know, I'm not your traditional UFC athlete. I'm in my own little bubble, so to speak. Um, I didn't, it didn't, I, didn't, I didn't let it bother me. You know, I actually found out shortly after the fight. It just so happened that the news came out three years later. Um, and by that time, it really, at that point, it really didn't matter to me. I was glad. I was like, yo, that happened so long ago. Um, and, and even in that, it was really some some dude who, because there was a bunch of weed talk going on around that time, just different things going on in the, in the community. And uh, apparently, like, some dude, like, basically just snitched me out to, like, some reporter. Like, it was just some dude who had, he was bored, I guess, you know. Uh, so that's really how the story got 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 leaked, you know, by some dude who was bored, I guess. I don't know. Um, but, you know, it, it, it didn't bother me. It is what it is. Um that's, that's all I got. Understood. No, well, that's the thing, too. First of all, I'm going to say this right now. In the social media day and age that we live in, there's a lot of trolls. There's a lot of, I'll put it bluntly, there's a lot of shitty people out there that contribute to the negative part of society. And it's just, it's ridiculous. It's such unnecessary bullshit, as you so eloquently put it there. And it's unnecessary drama that's really not needed. Yeah, man. I mean, hurt people hurt people. Right. You know? And you have people who are going through a lot of shit in life, and they feel because of social media it gives them this this platform to basically not be they they they, they want to you know not be accountable or responsibility so they want to get online but again i get people are going through stuff but that doesn't give you you know the the wherewithal to go and be shitty other people just don't engage with it like if you're going through stuff just don't engage right but people uh they use it as a outlet i guess you know horrible outlet by the way but outlet nonetheless and uh and that's cool you know because none of that bothers me personally and i i know how to deal with those people and i actually i i, I get a kick out of it you know i i uh it's one of my favorite pastimes is to antagonize these these trolls particularly and i have my everybody had a different kind of troll but me particularly i enjoy racist trolls uh so i you know for me i don't it doesn't bother me I, I really, it's for the shits and giggles. That's what I'm here for. It's for my amusement. You know what I'm saying? So uh, the trolls don't really bother me. Even with, like I said, when the weed thing happened, you know, these are miserable people, you know, and I don't, I don't, I don't lose any sleep over them. 
And first of all, I'm going to say you have probably one of the best hats in the game when it comes to that fuck racism. Because <laughs> it's true, man. And we can. Oh, you're very welcome. No, I look at it from a stance too, as well. All of us are created equally. This is my spiritual side coming out, and my love right. for the only God. But we're all we're all God's children. We're all equally here on this planet that we call Earth. So it's like it doesn't matter if you're white, black, what have you, ethnicity, race, what have you. We're all people at the end of the day. Right. So, that shouldn't even be a thing anymore, but unfortunately, we still got some ignorant motherfuckers out there. I mean, it, but that that's just what it is, man. It's a forever thing. It, it's it's always going to be that way because really, people are hurt, man. They they and they want to win. You know, people they don't like being losers. And, and the crazy thing is, is like they giving them themselves this 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 because the way they live, they choose to they choose to live their lives. You know, they feel like losers, and it's like, yo, I got to find a way to win. You know, and and especially if they feel like others are winning and they're losing, you know, it's like, wait, 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 it's not a competition. But again, I understand, you know, you just have to be better than those people. Exactly. And I mean, I look at it from a stance, too, as well. Not only do you pray for those people and you wish them well, but it's one of those things, too. It's like it's an internal thing where you have to find something that makes you happy, whether it be spiritually, do something that yeah. provides you a healthy mindset, you know, and that's the at the end of the day, spiritually, mentally, physically, you have to do something that's healthy for you and makes you feel good. Oh, 100%, man, 100%. Now, speaking of something that makes everybody feel good, it puts smiles on face, and dare I say it evokes a lot of emotions, that is Lingerie Fighting Championship. One of the yeah. big proponents of this show is beauty, strength, and dominance, the three key elements that make women the work of art that they are. And I look with these women, man, the women that are on these cards exude and accentuate that beauty, and we're talking about our love for women. I think for me, it's like we all come from our mothers, man, and we just had Mother's Day. Shout out to all the moms. The mothers are the one that provide us with that unconditional love and everything that goes into this world. So we learn it from our mamas, man. Oh, 100%, man, 100%. And I think with you going into this lingerie fighting championship, you being a judge, how does that feel for you, man? Because like I said, you're in the judge's stuff. You got the best seat in the house, Mr. Mike Jackson. I'm excited, man, because it's, it's going to give uh, – it's going to be a little bit of a twist to, to fighting. Uh, and I, I'm just ready to be uh, an important observer you know, on the evening. Right. Now, when you say important observer, I know what you're saying, but like I said, that could mean another thing, Mr. Mike Jackson. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a judge. I, I got to make sure I'm paying attention. I'm just saying, man, when you got women in lingerie in front of you, of course we're going to be paying attention here, Mr. Mike Jackson. You know I what? mean, I get that, but, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a man of, uh, that. that's not that's not something that's uncommon for me. I know. You know? So, I, you know, it would be like another day in the office for the kids. Well, I got to say, kid, you're going to do a lot of great work, and I really am looking forward to meeting you in person. This is just us shooting the breeze as cool people. And Mike Jackson, I got to say right now, when we get to Las Vegas on Friday, May 13th, I really look forward to shaking your hand and getting a photo with you, sir. For sure, man, for sure. Now, before we do close this out, and Mike, I'm going to say right now, it's a pleasure and privilege just to pick your brain, shoot the breeze, and let you tell your story. We definitely got to do a round two of this, man. I'd love to have you back in the future. Yeah, most definitely, man. I'm definitely down, man. I'm enjoying myself. I'm going to say this right now, folks. If you are not following Mike the Truth Jackson, he puts out a lot of great work from the fighting game and just all in all. Mike is a very variety and entrepreneurial and as well as a very interesting human being to follow because he has a lot of great opinions, a lot of great insight on the game of mixed martial arts and everything that equates to this thing that we call life. So, Mr. Mike Jackson, before we close this out, the social medias, please promote them. The floor is yours, sir. Yeah, yeah. of course, everyone can follow, follow the, 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 the spicy talk. And conversation and discord on Twitter is at the truth Jackson. Uh, on Instagram, you can find just dope content. The art that I provide is Shits and Giggles brand. You know, the truth Jackson was on there as well, but we got a little kicked off for uh, for for antagonizing you know the white nationalists. 
And uh, of course, you know, you can find a bunch of the, the archives of art and, and content is on Facebook and Mike the Truth Jackson. Those are three social media platforms. Mike the Truth Jackson on Facebook, the Truth Jackson on Twitter, and Shits and Giggles brand on Instagram. And again, you get three different three different social media platforms and three different types of content. Folks, Friday, May 13th, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, LFCfights.com. Get yeah. you right, yes, sir. Or you can see this man, Mike the Truth Jackson, and yours truly, Mike Larkin, from the announcer side of things and from the judges side of things, calling down all the action. And we will see you at the matches on Friday, May 13th. And as I always close this show out, beauty, strength, and dominance are three key elements that make women the work of art that they are. And that exudes and accentuates with all the LFC ladies. And Mike, the truth, Jackson, is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I appreciate your time so much. Thank you so much. Amen. Oh,